for another Root Issues as we bust into 2024. Welcome and Happy New Year. We are very excited to kick this off as we're jumping back into what I would call like back to the norm. I mean, the holidays are great, but, you know, just, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve service, and then Christmas being on a Monday, and we like kind of slid out of Ephesians. Steve had an awesome time in London, the U.K., hanging out at Oxford with Derek, and they're back, and he's back, and man, this Sunday was awesome. So if you haven't had a chance, tune in. Check out this Sunday's message as we look at this awesome title of Preparing for 2024 with a Heavenly Places Perspective. And I mean, I think, you know, more than any time of all times, like having a heavenly perspective is key right now. Just looking at the world and say, I'm going to look at it through the lens of God and through his eyes, through his son, and through his gospel message as we just allow that to sink into our lives. Today we're jumping in, and Steve's going to kind of recap where he went on Sunday. I've got some great questions. I'm here in the booth today with Lexa hey. and Brave. He's sucking he's, in my pinky, <laughs> he's, so. he's, Okay. And, we, of course, we got Steve. Yes. And then we got here. the little Loki. He's nibbling treats out of my hand, so hopefully he won't be heard. He's going to be a good boy. He's going to be a good dog. Good dog, as we say. Yes. All right, Steve. Well, how about you just jump in and kind of take us through some of your you points? Bet. First, we need to clarify that Loki yeah. is a dog and Brave yeah. is a Human. young yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is a young boy. Yeah, Loki's my fifth child. Brave is just Alexa so and Jeff's good. first child. Uh, and then, thanks yeah. for that clarification. Yes, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Don't want to be confused out there. You know? No, not at all. Um, yeah, happy new year, everybody. Uh, 2024. We got, um, you know, just I, I find it fascinating in talking to people what they expect, what they see for 2024, and uh, it's exciting to hear and read what's all everything out there. And the best I heard was with somebody last night, and they said, and, and they're really kind of plugged into bigger circles than than I sure am, and uh, just that, that this idea they heard of uh, some states people saying things like, you know, this this 2024 is going to be this convergence of some really amazing opportunities that can happen, some amazing things converging with some really terrible things that can uh-huh. happen, and how am I going to, that we should be set on uh, the hope of the gospel, the hope of what God is going to do in the midst of either one of those, whatever yes. comes to kind of um, stay rooted and grounded in that. Um, and that's kind of where I landed in praying about 2024. Um, we're in the book of Ephesians. We'll be there through at least through the spring uh, to finish up this book. Um, we're just picking up chapter two um, yeah. Sunday. But uh, boy, uh, chapter five, um, and this is where Paul says to the church, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I think that is a prophetic call to the church. Um, to wake up, realize who they are, the bride of Christ, and to embrace it, to be the light on the hill, which is what we desperately need in our nation, right? And down to the local level of each of us, really restoring our view of our Lord, the glory of the gospel, and the the, the amazing thing it is to be part of the bride of Christ, the Mm -hmm. body of Christ, the church, the local church. 
uh, as it's connected around the world. The next verse says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, and so taking that, I I just kind of gave on Sunday this overview through the book of Ephesians, this great need we have to restore a heavenly places perspective um, with who knows what's going to happen. We know we're in a, a political year. We know we've got world yeah. war. Well, we've got wars going on around the world. Um, what the church, we need to restore desperately this perspective that Paul gave to the church, capital C, uh, which is to, to, to learn to embrace our identity and the blessings of who we are in yeah. him in the heavenly places right now. And this heaven to earth idea, yeah. lining up with Jesus, his larger vision for uniting all things right in heaven and earth um, together. So let me just do a quick summary and then you guys can dive in yeah, here great. and pick some of sure. this apart. But um, I just, there's five verses through um, that go through uh, the book of Ephesians where Paul mentions this language, heavenly places. The word in the Greek actually means the heavenlies. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about that in this series. But uh, the first one is just for looking at 2024, this idea of times of polarization and hopelessness. These two things are, are growing and a big problem, causing problems. How are we uh, going to be people? Well, this in Ephesians 1, 3, Boy, to realize that we've been blessed in the heavenly realm, right, with our loving heavenly Father is in this time of polarization and hopelessness. Um, we need to restore the gospel, our foundation, and uh, to use that, right, to work against the polarization and uh, the unity, uh, improve our conversation, right, yeah. work against, help bring some light into both of those situations. Um, the next one is just chapter one. Later, this is where it talks about God raising Jesus up into the heavenly places, putting him in authority over all things in the world and over his church. So in times of lawlessness and war, we need to remember, right, uh, who is the ultimate authority, and it's Jesus. Um, and again, how are we going to deal with the lawlessness that's on the rise in our country, around the world? And how are we going to deal with the wars that seem to not only be growing, uh, around the world, but possibly more to come. Um, the next one is chapter 2, verse 6. And this is the amazing part of the gospel that we ourselves are raised with Christ in the heavenly realms if we uh, have been saved by grace. So in times of identity, confusion, and fear, again, these are two forces working in our culture, a huge confusion about who yeah. we are, the big questions of the soul. Who am I? Well, how did I get here? Where am I going? Does anybody love me, right? Mm. That and fear. Uh, if I'm confused by who I am, I open my soul to every possible fear there is out there. Um, so how are we, how can we with the gospel, the only good news for yeah. the holistic healing of the soul, address those issues, right? Um, chapter 3, verse 10, to me, one of the most mysterious, glorious verses about the church, right? Where it says, now, Paul says, uh, in these times of the, of the church, the times of the Gentiles, that the church itself is the place that God manifests his wisdom and that is to be manifest up to the powers principalities the authorities in the heavenly places this incredible mysterious wonderful role of the church so in times of scandal and falling away um we need to restore this view of yeah. church, a healthy view of church we right now are in the midst of it's just unbelievable scandal in the church at the same time the greatest falling away from the faith of people of all ages mm -hmm. um, how can we bring um, and restore the beauty of the bride of Christ back into both of those situations, right? Um, and I know that you'll have some things to say in there. The last one, chapter 6, obviously the big armor of God chapter in Ephesians. 
um, that we have to learn to armor ourselves up and learn to engage spiritual warfare. We're in a spiritual battle. So in times of deception and what I call tech idolatry, so deception, the enemy, he's the father of lies. He's the father of deception um, and uh, tech idolatry in the sense of we need to embrace the blessings, how it can be used. But we know that the enemy is using, I think, two primary things, lawlessness and technology um, to distract and deceive the masses and the body, right? So how can we really engage in spiritual warfare rather than what culture is coming into the church and basically telling us that, hey, we just need to deal with technology. We need to use technology. We need to use everything AI, everything AI, all that. Exactly. Um, And again, there's appropriate time for that. But as God's people, he calls us to engage the real source of the issues, which is in the spiritual realm. So, um, well, and, and that, and, and as we move into Ephesians, we will right spend more time on those verses, fleshing that stuff out. So, y'all so, dive in. So, did you come up with the word tech idolatry? As <laughs> uh, far as I know, but I'm sure somebody else did. But okay. I'll, I'll take credit for it. Well, I mean, yeah, like you know, it's <laughs> such a good word because I mean, you know, I think you know, somebody actually came up to me after the yeah, service really, yeah. and who's very involved in that whole world, and they said, "I'm using that term." I said, <laughs> tech idolatry. I mean, yeah, like there is so much of a push, you know, like oh, the AI can save us. Oh, you know, like, hey, you know, people have asked me, like, hey, Chris, have you, have you used AI? And I'm like, nah. I'm like Will Smith from iRobot. Well, like, you don't use ChatGPT to do your no, no, middle no, school no, lessons no, or anything? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't even know how to get there. Yeah. Okay, I consider that still part of the dark web, mm-hmm. and I don't go there. Okay? And so, sure. you know, and I, I don't know how to shine a light into yeah. that to a computer. But anyway, but like, so some of the things that you were bringing out is as we look at all these points, because these are all like solid points that are – flowing through Ephesians, and I know that we'll get to each one of them as we go through the book, but you were talking about, like, this one main point, like times of polarization and hopelessness, okay? And so one of the things that you kind of brought out there was this whole mentality, like we live in this world of us versus them. Mm. You know, there is us, and then there is them, and then in that polarization, you hit this point that was just so crystallizing to me. It was like, how do we think about people? Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, okay, we live in Aspen, Colorado, so yeah, we're not dealing with like, you know, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, two and a half hour traffic, six lanes of traffic, nobody's moving, but you know, we still have our own traffic here. You know, we do, and, and you can get a little bit of us against them, and like, you know, well, why, why didn't he let me in the roundabout? Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that everybody could probably agree on right now is like, how do we see people? Mm-hmm. And so I would love it if you would kind of jump in a little more on that because, you know, Alexa, if you've got anything on that, yeah. like, I do, I get, it feels like a spirit, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, over the break, I wasn't working, and, you know, that's why they call it a break, my wife says. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. But, you know, just like, you know, you go into town and you're like, I just need to get some puppy treats or I just need to go to the, you know, and you're like, there's no place to park and it's just crazy and there's just people everywhere. And then the spirit comes on and you're like, oh, they don't understand me or what I need because if they did, they'd get out of my way. Right. You know, and so, yeah. Yeah, that, that came from uh, one of the resources that uh, I read for this class uh, it, it, it talked about restoring winsome love in our engagement with people. And it was just one little paragraph that just yeah, just got to my soul. And it talked about when we engage people, how do I see them? And and it talked about that the, often in pastoral ministry, we can just wield somebody down. And not just a pastoral ministry. any. And this is the problem with the polarization. We pigeonhole people and we 
we we look at them according to the issue, whether it's mm-hmm. their political issue, yeah. whether it's their spiritual issue, or whether it's their sin. Yeah. And I look at them, and and I just kind of one I'm making an issue about how I look at that person, mm-hmm. deal with that person, rather than love them as the whole being they are, and really realize they are an image bearer. They were creating the yeah. image of God, and, so and and to look at them and love them as Jesus did, as what He wants to do to bring fully alive who they are in mm-hmm. Him. That honestly was a huge eye opener for me, yeah. and very convicting, realizing how easily I, I can fall to just pigeonhole somebody according to these issues. Yeah. If the church can if we can get recover that right as uh-huh. Paul says I no longer look at someone according to the flesh any longer I look at them as this image bearer and what God desires to do oh. for them so like you got something yeah I just want to say like practically I feel like even in, in the example Chris that you were talking about of yeah. getting frustrated and then yeah. you're like why don't they understand what I need yeah that when that happens we turn totally inward focus and we're all about ourselves and what do I want? What do I need? When in reality, God's already provided everything that we need, Mm -hmm. but it's that distraction of the enemy to turn us inward focus so that we can't be outward focused. And what I would say is a practical, like how, how do we look at people as image bearers as who they truly are? Um, instead of our emotions getting the better of us, I think it's, it's, recognizing when we turn inward and then making the tangible decision to say, I'm going to look outward and I'm going to ask God, what do you say about this person? What do you say about my situation? And I think when we're frustrated with people, we know that in Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against all the rulers and principalities and authorities in those heavenly places. And, so I think when we're looking at people and we're struggling to see them as an image bearer, mm-hmm. practically we ask God, how have you designed this person? Yeah. What is their original design? Uh, circuit writers, fire fragrance, it's, it's their um, ministries of YWAM, Youth yeah. with the Mission, if you guys have heard of it. Um, they coined this phrase, the original design, and they mm-hmm. it's just another phrase for... Like prophetic ministry. Like, yeah, totally. Like we just ask people on behalf of others, like, God, what is their original design? How did yeah. you originally design them as image bearers? And I think if we can get back to seeing people like that yeah. and being yeah. outward focused on, God, what are you doing in this place? And how can I partner with yeah. what you're already doing? Yeah. Then, then I think we're going to be more on track. Well, no. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I think you make like that first big point, like, you know, if you're kind of struggling in today's world and as we move into 2024, you know, we know it's just going to ramp up. Things are going to be more confusing. There's going to be more polarization, which, you know, like anytime my kids bring something up from what they were talking about at school, you know, I mean, that's like my go-to word. I'm like, I understand what your teacher was saying. I understand how, you know, you're being, you know, put to look at it. But I'm like, really, the the one thing it's doing is it's just dividing us more. Yeah. You know, and there's just more division. And then sure. that's a phrase they can understand when I start talking about, like, you know, are we divided within yeah. ourselves? And But that outward focus, like, instead of looking inward, looking outward and keeping that there. I mean, you know, the whole original design, I yeah. mean, like, asking God, like, hey, what is the gold that needs to be refined in that person? Yeah. And then our needs are met because we're concerned more with the kingdom. Yes. And it gives, yeah. it, well, at least when I practice it, it gives me compassion yeah. to see others 
the way that God has designed them, and when they're not acting in alignment with their heavenly yeah. identity, that gives Still. me compassion Absolutely. instead of yeah. selfishness. Yeah, 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 or judgment or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I just, uh, for me, Chris, I think it's just down to this simple, like when I <clears throat> engage people, it's just that simple prayer of, Lord, yeah. let me look at them through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me see them, Jesus, as you see them. And, and that just, Lord, you know, and the Spirit helps that process, you know. Um, so, um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, and so that was like such a big thing for me because I have felt that a lot. Over this last week, just running errands, got to go pick up Samuel from Snowmass Rack. And I'm like, where did all these people come from? It's 5 o'clock at night, like you know, or 7 o'clock at night. Why is there still backed up traffic going into town? And then it's just like, yeah. man, I am just not myself, you know, in the sense of how am I seeing people? And then the next one was lawlessness and war. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm not real big into staying in tune with the news, you know, so in my view – it's like, oh, well, you know, while it was the holiday season, there was a lot less news coverage of what's going on globally. And now I can see that that'll probably ramp back up. But, yeah. you know, it's a question of like, you know, what are you focused on? Are we focused on what's going on in the world? Or are we focused on what's going on in the heavenly realm and how God is still managing everything and still sits on his throne? I love that you, you know, because the verse you chose for this was Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, which, you know, he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. Yeah. It's like that reminder of like who is in charge and who yeah. is ruling right now. Yeah, and and I think, one day every nation will bow right before yeah. Christ. He's going to bring it all together. He is the ruler. He is the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we just have to remind ourselves that we serve a king, the king, who is ultimate charge when we see things, wars happening, yeah. chaos and and. You know, uh, no, we we have a king. We have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That's Hebrews 13, right? Yeah. And, and the king who sits on the throne now. Um, and, and I think we bring that in where it says he's also on the throne. He also is the head of his church. This is a big battle in the church right now. Is yeah. are, we, are we living and leading and being the church that where Jesus is the Lord, the authority, yeah. his word, the authority? Or are we falling to letting culture creep in and be the authority. Yeah. We've got all kinds of battles that are going, yeah. are just heightening right now along those lines inside the church. Okay, so just throw that out there, just kind of like, you know, litmus test. What would you say some of the biggest lies that are infiltrating the church right now are? Who? That are leading people astray. Like maybe this will resonate with some yeah, of that's like listeners. a whole podcast series. But I, I'm going to do, do I'm going to do just two kind of general categories. Two uh, general. One is the battle of the church standing on the authority of God in his word. Mm-hmm. So you have the progressive movement who's splitting away, and, and the first thing that happens is they don't uh, see the word of God as, yeah. as inerrant, his authoritative word, and yes. they let culture drive the conversation. That Absolutely. is big time right now. It's only going to be more, quote, progressive this year. The other battle is multiple battles inside, let's say, the church that is standing on the Word of God and, and faithful to the text and mm-hmm. to Jesus as yeah. the head of the church. Uh, there's multiple battles in that that are going on, and it will only heighten uh, within it, um, and, and they're across the board. But a big one, I think, is just on this issue we're talking about here is a split. And, and it's, gosh, it's so, to me, absolute heartbreaking to see this split happen even more between those who are embracing a heavenly place's spiritual uh-huh biblical worldview and yeah. those who are actually holding more tightly to more of a just 
a uh, rational view okay. uh, of things, and 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 this affects everything: how we're going to minister to people, what we believe about the spiritual gifts, um, what we believe about the devil, and the. And the impact of the demonic realm into people's mental health and everything yes. else, these are huge issues uh, that are impacting the church on a whole. Uh, views of deliverance, how and views of the magnitude of the gospel, is it big enough mm-hmm. to deliver yeah. someone like Mary Magdalene from yeah. seven deep? Like, yeah. you know, or are we just going to be okay with their on pills the rest of their life or and going to therapy? Yeah. Now, those are fighting words in, yeah. in many circles today, which is so tragic. So are we going to let the Bible influence us, or are we going to let culture and technology, right, and medicine? In, again, these should not be at odds. We, we work together. But what's happening is um, in many circles, uh, technology and medicine are overshadowing, um, not working with, but overshadowing yeah. what the Bible calls the church. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. I mean, it's like when I look at your progression, you talk about times of lawlessness and war, which brings a high level of anxiety and insecurity, you know, because things just seem confusing, you know, because chaotic. Well, yeah, chaotic confusion. Yeah. Like, you know, and that brings in this level of high anxiety, which then I think, you know, you go into your next point in times of confusion and fear. And, you know, and then you kind of talked a little bit here just to like, you know, just confusion on who we are, who we've been called to be. I mean, I think it sets up, like, you know, as we watch everything ramp up, like, if we do not have Christ in the center of it all, the gospel in the center of it all, God's plan for our redemption and salvation, then we just lay prey, and now we're in this place of identity confusion and fear. Mm-hmm. And when we have that, then we we start losing grip, yeah. and we start looking to anything else that will give us the security that we're longing for. Totally. And so, like, what would your counsel be to somebody, mm-hmm. like, you know, who is just living in a state of just, I'm so insecure about everything? Yeah, I, I think that, well, look, the, the answer to that is, is that we have this glorious good news of the gospel. I think we have an incredible opportunity this year as the church to rise up and bring the goodness to people's souls, you know. Yeah. Uh, it is the only answer. Yeah. Um, um, it is the only answer to peace in the soul, and uh, I think I think doors are opening with people um, who are more. Even last night, talking to somebody, said they they find it so easy to hear to talk yeah. about spiritual things. They've told mm-hmm. me all these wonderful conversations they had in this community. I was like, this is awesome, you yeah. know. Um, so I I think we have an opportunity. We have yeah. the answer. We need to be bolder, more loving with it. Uh, and, and bolder and engaging, right? Mm-hmm. These issues of great confusion, great fear today. And I think we're coming to the end. We're seeing the results of this wacky stuff we've been doing and embracing. We're seeing that there is nothing good ultimately yeah. out of this. Nowhere in history has there been anything mm-hmm. good. And, and so I think we have a wonderful opportunity. Um, Lexi, I think you, you had something on this, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of circling around in my mind about how Jesus has to be so central. Mm-hmm. The gospel is more than enough. I mean, if you open the Bible, every single page is written in our favor. Yeah. So we there's like there's nothing that we could want or need, but when we believe lies and we're struggling with the narrative of culture and yeah. the lawlessness that causes fear and confusion, mm-hmm. then we then we like spiral and we get we forget about the fact that Jesus's blood is the most powerful substance in the un- in the universe, and yeah. how what he did paid for everything, and yes. it was the debt that we all could not pay and we could never repay, and he did it anyway mm-hmm. because of love. And so, and I'm just thinking about 
our culture and our in our churches and the body of Christ, we have to we have to come back to the idea that Jesus is central. So mm-hmm. yes, we can see all these things going on in the world. We can yeah. watch the news or not and see what wars are happening or what's about to break out or you know, worst case scenario stuff, but we have to actually look to Jesus, like be reminded of who he is, what he's done. Absolutely. And like so much of that starts in that foundation that you're talking about, Steve, is do we believe in the authority of scripture? And I mean, if someone is listening and they are feeling confusion and fear, like to you, I would just say, get back in the word of God, like as much as you can. We just yeah. have to renew our minds to the reality of Jesus. And that's yeah. a that's a spiritual thing. That's a heavenly thing to mm-hmm. renew our minds. But yeah. I think the practical key in that tool, it's the word of God. We mm-hmm. have to be, No, I mean, you know, you think about like, you know, like somebody's like you just said like renew our minds yeah. to the reality of Jesus. Like I, I think that one slips away. Like mm-hmm. you know, we, we depend on this, we depend on that, we see a crutch here, we get some fix here, we get some help there. And it just constantly is just pulling away the reality of who Jesus is and the role he wants and longs to play in our life Mm -hmm. as the center of it all. And so, yeah, and I mean, as we continue to move down, we get into in times of scandal and falling away, you know, and I mean, we all love to just jump back to COVID, but I mean, you know, there was falling away before COVID. There was a mass falling away during COVID. And there hasn't been a major resurgence of people coming back. And this gets into just the church and the trust people have mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And I think the falling away is, is even deeper. It's okay. just a general spirit that's moving. You know, people have moved away from the church and haven't come back. Uh, therefore, expose themselves to to this realm of mm-hmm. spiritual influence that um, is dangerous. And, yeah. Um. And so, uh, it, yeah, I, I just think, and at the same time, you have all the scandal going on in the church. Yeah. Um, I think, Lex, you had something. I know your generation, the scandal thing has really moved, put a lot of cynicism yeah. in people, well, all ages, but especially, I think, y'all's generation. Um, and it's just, it's so sad because it's, you know, they've therefore they've come to church as cynics, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. which... Um, sad that mm-hmm. to some extent that we we have to do that almost you know until yeah. we kind of prove that this is a safe healthy place but yeah just what were your thoughts on that yeah just thinking about i think a lot of my generation for some reason we've come to this thing where if we don't agree with something it's like out <laughs> like yeah. you're either in or you're out and it fluctuates so much mm-hmm. and I think when it comes to cynicism in the church, I mean, we are kind of working, we have to like unlearn that. Like yeah. we have to unteach people the cynicism and reteach, like I was just thinking, the power of the gospel, the reality of Jesus. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be, it's it's a journey and it's also not super difficult like it's not very complicated when we get back to who jesus is and what he's done yeah i mean when you think about that it's like you say unlearn you Mm -hmm. know but i mean one must question where did they learn it from to begin with Mm -hmm. you know because we never see that cynicism in christ Right. We never see that in our Lord, like his complete love and devotion for the father the fact that father will provide everything to the point that he said i only see 
only do what I see the Father doing, and I only speak what I hear the Father saying. It's like, you know, that is his center. And somehow we've been taught we should be skeptical. Yeah. You know, like we should we should question what comes out of our pastor's mouths, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm sure there is some teaching just because it's the spirit of our age yeah. right across the board. But I, I will say that the tragedy here is sadly much of the church has, because of the way the church has uh, isolated uh, or um, what's what I'm looking for, kind of protected unhealthy leadership forms mm-hmm. yeah, and structures. Absolutely. Because of the church has not been vulnerable and open about uh, church discipline, um, accountability of its leaders and things, um, I think an unhealthy church structure, for just summing everything up, has built this natural sense. So it's mm-hmm. it's not it, – so the church, leadership in the church, has a lot to bear on this yeah. and to restore that um, across the board. Every denomination in, yeah. in church has some work to do on in those areas. Uh, so I think it's a coming together on one side. It's, it's, it's boy coming back to I got to get my eyes on Jesus and the bride, His body. Mm-hmm. On the church's side, leadership, we need to wake up and realize people are stepping in our doors with great cynicism because of they, their last two churches, the pastor morally failed or whatever it is, yeah. or somebody was a bully or spiritually oppressive, something. Absolutely, we have to really address these issues and be very open. Uh, and authentic in our leadership and our a- answering uh, questions of, mm-hmm. of people, right? Um, and do a more biblical job of healthy accountability and responsibility of yeah. what it really means to be a leader in his church, yeah. right? And what and that what goes with that, right? All this entertainment, all this building a platform for a man or woman mm-hmm. is nowhere in the scripture. Yeah. It only ends in. Uh, unhealthy forms. Yeah. So, again, I think it's on a Sunday. Is we have to uh, we have to get away from that spotlight thing. Yes, yeah. we need to honor our leaders, but we need also need a leadership that does not platform a person. The only people we need to, a person we need to platform is Jesus, Jesus. right? Yeah. And, and and that we we should be able to see with much clearer eyes yeah. when is Jesus being talked about here, or is yeah. the the show, the entertainment, mm-hmm. the the flashy charismatic leader? Yeah. Um, we need humility, and um, so anyway, there's a lot we could talk about there. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you think about that, it like kind of takes us into that last one. In times of deception and tech idolatry, we get back to our tech idolatry. You know, I mean, it's like I've. I'm old, <laughs> and so I don't like yeah, updates. I don't like no, updates. Hey, I, don't like I was just told last night by somebody who's very involved in the whole AI yeah. movement. Fascinating, blew my mind. Yeah. He says people in the those levels of of being big brains, <clears throat> yeah, they think that we right now uh-huh. sixty, you're fifty something, yeah, is that we could possibly live to one hundred and thirty because well, of where tech is going. How about that? Yeah. Now that's that. Anyway, we yeah. could, I'll throw that out but, for but, people. To but think I'm, about. I'm going at least to 120, and I'm doing that off of Genesis six promise. Yeah, right. not on technology or AI. Yeah, Genesis yes. six. In other words, can we go yeah. past 120? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, but, you know. But I'm like, not I'm, much, I, want, I want at least my 120. I don't but, want to live that long. I don't think, but who knows? We'll see. But, <laughs> but I, I just feel like there is just this deception in the update. 
they have hooked us on that it, we need it f- flesh, we need a flash, we need something new. You know, like every other time I turn around, my Apple Watch is like, I'm sorry, we were not able to complete your update because you weren't charging at that time. And I'm like, I don't want the update. Yeah. I want the same button to work the right. same way. Right. And I think it's created a hunger in people that if the things that they're involved in culturally are not constantly being updated, mm-hmm. then it's being outdated. And so, therefore, the yeah, church has become outdated. Yeah, and I use this all the way back to 1933, right? The Brave New World, well, yes. right? I mean, oh my gosh. right? Nothing under the sun. But yeah. even back then, right? Huxley wrote, look, is we don't want you to be alone. We don't want you to be – if people are alone, they have to think about God. So we yes. want to fill your time up, right? Uh-huh. And that's exactly when we talk about tech idolatry. It's just, again, the focus on, you know, we don't need upgrades. We need salvation. Absolutely. You know, humans need yeah. to be saved in relation with God. We don't need upgrades. That doesn't mean that, you know, I think some people misunderstood. We need to utilize and be involved in technology. Well, yeah. But appropriately. And um, and this gets to the, I think, the final question we want to deal yeah. with is this idea of, wow, how can we mm-hmm. develop a heart and solitude alone away from the the noise and the technology to uh, to walk with God. Absolutely. Um, and how do we teach people that um, solitude? Jesus modeled it. He taught it. The whole scriptures teach about it. Um, and the world around us now is has fulfilled what Huxley wrote years and years ago. Um, they know that if they can fill up children's minds with phones and screen time, they can control them bottom line and so i I think we we have a wake-up call back to the primary spiritual discipline of uh, being alone with god in prayer yeah yeah i mean when you think about that like you were talking about renewing your mind and the reality of who christ is Mm -hmm. and so like you know if somebody came to you and was like you know man once upon a time i was so on fire i mean i just believed i knew but wow you know the ember's gone out what advice would you give them lexa just to kind of how to recenter and renew their mind I would say they're already on track. Like, remember. Yes. Remember the things that God has done for you. Remember mm-hmm. any experience you've had with him. Remember how he's shown up for you. Like, if yeah. we go back and we make an account of our lives, we will, like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, we can absolutely. see so many places where God has intervened or God has interrupted or God has provided. I mean, mm-hmm. you name the adjective. Yeah. If it's a good one, God's done it, you know? And so I think one part is remembering. Second part is um, hungering. Like Matthew 5 says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Mm -hmm. And you can't know that unless you've read it. So, you know, read your Bibles. That will, I think, something something happens when we read our Bibles because the word is living and active. So we can't stir up that hunger yes. by ourselves. We're we're only hungry because God makes us hungry. Like we can only reflect yeah. back to God the love that he has already yeah. given us. And that comes from we love because he first loved us. And yes. so I think get hungry. And if you're not hungry, ask mm-hmm. the Lord to help your hunger grow. And, and get around hungry people. And right? get, yeah. that's so key totally to key, the yeah. community. Um, but I think those those aspects can really help i mean it's not a recipe yeah it's not going to be the same thing every time but those things will definitely help um us get back on track with loving god just a practical thing on that and i didn't bring this up on sunday just because it it, you know you don't want to kind of come across as as bragging or whatever but just testimony Mm -hmm. if i could say anything to a father 
or mother of a household. Well, we've tried to model, I think, one of the most profound things when our whole family gets together is when morning happens, early morning happens, everybody's up, alone, quiet with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That was set a long time ago. No TVs on. There's no distraction. Everybody's yeah. in the Word, spending time with the Lord, and that will develop into really great conversation around yeah. the world as two people are sitting maybe in two chairs close to the mm-hmm. fire, other people over here, somebody's alone in the room. Yeah. But to set the tone in your house— is is everybody up? It is to be expected. We begin our day with the Lord, mm-hmm. and then that move should move into healthy, right conversation with one another. That has a huge transforming process, especially when we've brought in sons in laws into the family. Yeah. Is who fit? They just saw it, right. Uh, yeah. And matter of fact, both of my sons in laws, they how they asked to marry one of my daughters was they would get up early. They knew I was up early. They come up boldly. I mean, that's yeah. bold. Yeah. Get up early and they come with their Bible. They'd sit with you know and they dive in and 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 then that would lead to discussion. You know, um, uh, if you can do that in your home. That it, you're setting something very, you're honoring the Lord with the first fruits of the day. Yeah. So. No. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, those would be like two key, key points. Like, I mean, if you're trying to, you know, recenter yourself and re understand, like, where do you live in the heavenly places? I mean, testimony, go back, think what God has done, how has He provided, where has He been in your life, write it down, talk about it, share about it. And then get around hungry people and then honor God with the first time in your day. Yeah. Just getting alone, turning off that technology, you know, turning off the TV, not going straight to the news source, trying to see what happened in the world overnight. While on the other side of the world, it was daytime. Things happened, but you you can find that out later. It's an invitation. God wants to be with us, right? Absolutely. Uh, It's an invitation. Uh, Somebody else has said that what we do with our solitude actually determines the state of our soul. And so we should think about that. What am I doing with my solitude? Am I filling it up or am I engaging it, right? It says everything about where my soul is at. Yeah. Right? So. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this Root Issues, your midweek jolt of 2024, your first edition. Thanks so much for listening. We will answer any emails that come our way if you just email us at rootissues at ccasman.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and have an awesome, awesome week. Till next time. The sun comes down, this old world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come and seasons go, they take me high, then leave me low. But I'm still standing on the only rock I know. You're my cornerstone. Oh.